You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. Join us, Reed Bacon. Uh, very excited for this one. We are on a winning streak. <laughs> we'll call it that. Vols beat UTSA uh, in a big win, 45-14. to 14. So we're going to break that whole thing down, offense and defense, and then kind of look ahead to what's uh, in store for us the rest of the season. But first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how we doing, bud? Hi, Kyler. Just another beautiful Sunday here. That's right. Uh, actually, it is beautiful outside. Positive uh, vibes only. Last Sunday was not so beautiful. This Sunday is beautiful. Well, it's kind of backwards for me because even though we lost to Florida, I was pretty juiced that the Titans looked good and won. Today, they looked horrendous. Boo-boo. And Miles Garrett and, and Jim Schwartz and that defense just they ate up. It, they, I would have enjoyed watching the game if I had not been a Titans fan. But, and Deshaun uh, Watson looked like an MVP. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but he he played he played fine. He played fine. Um, he played I, a lot better than anybody has been calling him out for. He only had like four incompletions. Yeah, but a couple of the throws that he had, they, they weren't completions. They were PIs. I, let me just say this: he played fine. I wasn't like jaw dropped. I mean, I guess maybe the most impressive thing he did was get out of a couple of sacks, but it it didn't result in anything like massive. Yeah, I mean, only scoring what is it 27 really like they struggled a little bit no, like the, titans, the titans is the titans are good defensively i mean I, I would be pissed if i was our if i was the titans d line because they eat i mean they're absolutely and in the, the secondary is playing really good and then we got some unfortunate hands calls with yeah. some pis but anyways i digress so obviously i'm not wearing I don't know what I'm going to wear if the Vols and Titans lose one weekend. So maybe, <laughs> maybe just come on. Catholic, Catholic gear. What? You got to wear Knoxville Catholic gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless they take a nail. Then, uh, that was anyway. one of the worst weekends. I remember like being at Tennessee and just having one of the worst weekends where Catholic loses, then we lose, then the Titans lose. And I'm just like, God, this sucks. Yeah. yeah like waking yeah. up Monday, you're just like, fuck, this sucks, dude. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so I went to the game yesterday and it was, it was a gorgeous day, but Kyler, it was, and I'm not being dramatic. It was the worst crowd I've ever seen for tailgating. I mean, for tailgating. I mean, it was awful. I mean, I didn't think the stadium was going to have based on what I saw for tailgating. I thought we might have 70,000 in there and we didn't even get over there till, one one thirty, and I'm looking at Megan, and I'm like, "This is not it." You know, she hasn't been to a game in years, maybe since she was in middle school or or maybe early high school. I and think UTSA makes a little bit of a difference there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think it's UTSA. I think it's the fact that we lost to Florida, and I think also the fact that we have a couple other big home games coming up that people were like, Hey, if we're going to sell, this is the one we're going to sell, or this is the one we'll stay at home and watch on TV. But the crowd was fantastic. Well, that's what I'm saying is it was sold out. 
Yeah, no, the UTSA crowd was is- still sold out. So I think a lot of people were just like, I'm going to go to the game, but I'm not going to go ahead and tailgate because it's right. UTSA. Right. But if it was if it was South Carolina this week, you would have seen some tailgating. No, for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. But I mean, it was that bad. Like it, it was awful, awful. I mean, yeah, it was it was the worst crowd I've ever seen for tailgating. I feel like when I went, I might have been in college, and it was a noon kickoff with Butch in Western Kentucky, and I think it was about the same tailgating then. I mean, G10 was the emptiest I'd ever seen it. Uh, Vol Village was probably the NCS I've ever seen it. Circle Park still had a good crowd, but anyways, yeah. So the, the crowd inside the stadium was great, and it like I said, it was a beautiful day. I loved the tickets that Megan and I had. I mean, they couldn't have been any better except we were on the Sun side, which which I when I bought them I knew that, but I mean we were section D, twenty eight rows, and the forty five yard line was cutting me right down the the middle, and so in the twenty eight yard line or the twenty eight row. Yeah. It's the very, very last row at the very bottom. So all I had to do to get up in, in, in the the I literally had to get stand up, take a step over um the cause we were in someone's season ticket holders because they had the back. I had to step over the back flap and then take about three steps and I was in the tunnel. Yeah. So it could not have been any better seating. Yeah. Quick I'm to just, the concessions, quick to the bathroom. I'm gonna tell you the best thing that they've done at Neeland. And I, I had someone told me they've been there for a couple of years now. I didn't know that, but they have massive, massive water jugs with free ice water and cups. And really? I've never, yes, and I've never seen it. I was like, this is great because I've always, I would always buy, it. For, I would buy at least probably two waters, maybe three for myself. I think Alabama last year I had three waters just for myself. But this is you buy one and you can just refill it and refill it and refill it or go hit cups. And so that was awesome. I pounded that thing. But um, anyways, I mean, like I said, it was great seats. But we did leave like midway through the second quarter just because the game was in hand. I saw what I wanted to see. I was ready to get home. Yeah. And, and just not having to sit there in the sun. But, yeah, I was happy with the crowd. So Well, that's good. I mean, the fact that it was sold out for a UTSA game is a good sign. Mm-hmm. You know, good sign yeah. for the future and everything moving forward. It was. It was just – it was very eye-opening when I got there. So, I'm very happy to see that, yeah, everyone wanted to be fashionably late and walk in right as the game started, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with. So. I get it. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And and hopefully, uh, hopefully you and I we're planning on going to the South Carolina game this week. So we're if, if we can get some of that logistics work out, then we'll be there together, which which will be great. And I'll be honest, I'm super nervous. So what's your over what's your overview of this UTSA game? Yeah, so let's talk about the game. I mean, overview. I saw things that I wanted to see. Um, there was still there's there's still things that make me nervous, right? That seem very fixable, that don't seem like they're really big issues. Um, But, you know, when you look at both sides of the ball, like offensively, everyone's paying attention to Joe. What is Joe doing? What's Joe, what's happening with Joe? And we really didn't see the bad of Joe. The, to use your analogy, the slice on a par four after he just parred three holes until we already had the game in hand. So it's kind of like, did that happen because it was a little lackadaisical out of everyone once we had it in hand? Or is that just Joe and 
he got all of his pars out of the way at the beginning. You know, um, and then defensively, I thought when watching the Florida game that our defense was playing well. I thought there was a couple missed tackles that were very Tyler, being nervous, or at least I did, about this the second linebacker, right? I trust Aaron Beasley with everything, but that second linebacker, whether it's Elijah Herring, Arian Carter, I still didn't see what I wanted to see. Elijah a little bit more, but Arian is playing exactly like a freshman place. Like, as an offensive lineman, the way I viewed it, I'm like, this guy's the easiest guy in the world to block. I mean, just the eat, like I can get up to next level and block him 10 times out of 10. It just, he wasn't playing with the confidence, right? He wasn't playing like what we saw out of him in his highlight tape. Um, yeah, but that's understandable. But that's understandable, right? He's a freshman, which it just kind of sucks. He was kind of thrown into this position. Um, so it's definitely understandable. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player, but kind of the what you said about the Titans, like I feel bad for our defensive line. Like our defensive line freaking eats. And like the job that Amari Thomas and Eason do when they're in yeah. is incredible. I mean, they control the guards. Like they're the ones who set the tone with both guards on both sides. Like, they set the new line of scrimmage every single time, even if they it is like maybe like a slightly over pursue and the back cuts back. It's just like as a defensive lineman, you got to trust your linebackers to pick that up. So they're doing exactly what they're supposed to. So sometimes I like feel bad for the D line when I'm like they're laying Buddy out and then he still completes a pass, you know, up on the sideline or still completes a pass across the middle. Um but I feel good. We did what we were supposed to do, right? UTSA is a better team than Austin P. And we came out better in this game than we did that game. So it makes me feel like it's in a better spot. Do I feel perfect? No. Do I feel like we're the best team in the SEC? No. Do I feel like is, is all of our problems gone? No. But, and this is a little foreshadowing to looking ahead, when I look at Everyone else in the SEC and everything else that's going on all throughout college football, I feel kind of okay, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I, uh, Yeah, I feel much better um, because we just – I feel much better because we made the plays and, and we handled business like we were supposed to, but I don't feel better – going into South Carolina, if, if that makes sense. So it's not, it's, let me, well, I guess that doesn't make sense. Let me try to explain it better. It's nice to see that we handled business against a, a lower level team, yeah. uh, which we didn't do against Austin P. Basically, if we had looked like we did against Austin P and not really, you know, kind of almost squirted out this win, then I, I'm just not going to South Carolina. That, that, now I'm fine with going to South Carolina and playing my part of like being loud, being rowdy. Cause I do think the crowd is going to play a major, even more than normal. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to play a major role in that game, but I don't feel really any better against South Carolina than I did 
after Florida. Rip, truly, like, I don't feel any better going in that game than after I did against Florida because as I had that realization with Joe, yeah, he is who he is. So even if he had hit all of his open throws this week, I still know that there's a chance that in bigger games um, that he can miss. So, I, I, you know, I, I like I said, I guess I feel a little bit better, but ultimately not really. The one thing that I was happy about this week, Kyler, and then we can dive into it, is it was cool to see Heifel back, in, in my opinion, where I was sitting there watching film and I would smile and be like, you dirty dog, you. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw we saw multiple receivers running free, whether they were hit or not hit. Well, actually, the, when we had them running pretty free, they didn't get hit. The, the ones where they still, still had pretty good coverage and we scored on are pretty good throws. Um then he had – I'll get to those. But then he had a couple other little wrinkles of plays, and I was like, all right, Hype, you're back. And I and I like it. And it's just nice to see that they executed for him. But that's yeah. really the only overview I have of the game is it was – I'm glad we handled business and did what we were supposed to do. I would have liked to have seen the defense play a slight bit better, but that's kind of who they are. And as we mentioned, we, we, we will win and lose games based on this offense, not the defense. No, it's always going to be the offense. Um, last year was opposite. Last year was opposite. And I think – I mean, I think the the defense kind of let up after halftime, you know. Like they were just like, ah, it's and, it, and it happens. It happens. You that know, happens. and it was like, oh, here's a new quarterback in there, plays completely different than the other guy. And it kind of like gives you a second to like adjust. So, and um, we listen, bro. We've all been there when we're beating the dog crap out of somebody, and you just wish the game could go ahead and be over. But it's you got a whole second quarter left, or you got a whole fourth quarter left, or whatever the case may be, and you just have to find ways to motivate yourself. And I mean, that's why they scored twice, and then they didn't score again. It was like defense was like, oh, oh, oh okay, all right, chill out, right. Like you guys aren't that good. Like we got this. Don't worry. Right. Right. Um, And and we'll get to the pick play. I I would not have been, I would have been fine with them not calling a pick play, but I think the penalty should have been warranted because he did extend his hands a little bit. And the fact that the ref threw it. I mean, he threw the flag, (laughs) like have some fucking balls and call it. Like you threw the flag, dude. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk a little offense. So, I don't think the game could have started any better. No. Because of it's Joe and he house calls a long run. I would rather see Joe do exactly what he did on a read option or if he had dropped back to pass it and broke off and ran. I would pick that over a long run by um, a running back, uh, a long run from a receiver on a hitch or a screen or a deep shot. I have seen him hit deep shots. Yeah. But it, even if it's inconsistent, I've still seen them. I've seen guys break long, you know, hitch routes or or, or uh, screen routes. I've seen these running backs break long ones. I haven't seen Joe do that. And so it was really nice to get the crowd rocking, to get his confidence going, to get the offensive going. So I don't I don't personally think that it could have started any better. For, and for everyone those. has been saying they want to see that out of Joe more. And we so. saw it. We saw it, right? And and it's such a great play, too, because it gives a little bit of confidence to Joe without him having to throw the ball. Right. You know, now he feels a little bit better. There's a little bit of a cushion. Like, all that pressure isn't on him anymore. And, all right, we're, we're comfortable, right? We're in a comfortable spot moving forward. Right. I loved the first down play call to McCall and Castle. 
you bring you bring McChicken in motion, fake the handoff. And this is one of these things where I smiled and I would I did not notice it when I was there. I noticed it only from coming back and watching it. It's a little wrinkle. I have not seen it. I'm not gonna say another coach in all of America hasn't done it. Mm. I haven't noticed it. But but that doesn't really mean anything because I do watch a lot of football, but the only ones I'm ever re-watching the film on is, is is the Vols. So someone else could have done it. It's the first time I've seen it. But it's where you have, and if you're watching on YouTube, you have your slot and your outside receiver, and you're bringing McCollin across. And I don't even know if you notice this, but you, 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 you play action, you dump it to him. Well, instead of having Squirrel go up and try to pick the safety – and Ramel go up to get his corner, they both down block. And it was so sick because it's an easier block for them. Yeah. And, and then you end up getting a 1v1 with McCall and Castle where it's kind of heading into each other. So Squirrel doesn't go up to get the safety who's 15 yards away. He steps right in and basically just almost like a basketball screen to the linebacker. So it's like the linebacker sees what's happening and mm. he's going to try to open up and run and Squirrel's there. And it's not a blindside block because they didn't, like, throw their shoulders. They just stood there. And the Ramel blows off the ball like he's about to run a route or, or whatever, but he doesn't go up to his corner. He turns and gets the safety, who was over Squirrel. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that is so sick because I remember being a receiver and how hard it would be to get up there, break down, and then try to make a block on a, on a defensive back. But now it's like setting a screen in basketball. It was it was genius. So and it makes so, sense. Like when you really think does. about it, it does. It who's does. The, who's the easier guy to block? The two guys inside. Who's actually closer to the ball carrier? The two guys inside. Right. Who would you rather have Castles have a one on one versus a deep safety or a running linebacker or Probably a corner. deep safety or corner? Yeah. Got, but that's the thing is he didn't he he took the linebacker and safety out. It was a corner. Yeah, so a deep corner. So it's like uh, it, in all sense of it, yeah, that makes that's perfect sense. Perfect Why sense. doesn't it happen more often? I don't know, but that makes perfect sense. Did you have, did you notice that by any chance? I was I was I didn't notice it. I just saw the blocks that were ha- like when he caught it. I was like, oh, squirrel, you're in the perfect position to make your right. block. But I didn't really pay attention that it was they left the corner to yeah. block the other two more dangerous guys. I never seen it. I, it was sick, and I don't know if it was Heibel that put it in or someone else on the staff, but it was it was dope. Um, and I also like that too because I want to get. I mean, McCollum Castle can show that he can make somebody miss in the open field. He's a big boy; he can run. And it's, also, and it's also another easy throw for Joe. Uh, then again, I love seeing the first down hitch. Joe's Joe's pretty good at throwing a hitch. He can get it out there pretty quick. Get brew the ball if, if it's they, one. Yeah, if they give a space, if they're that backed off. Uh, just keep take, doing it. Keep doing take, it. Take what the defense gives you. You exactly. don't have. You don't have to take the moonshot every time. Exactly. And then, uh, and then I thought um, it was a nice run um, for Dylan because he ran. I mean, it was a good hole, and it wasn't. It didn't have to be that far of a run, but he did run through an arm tackle, which I like to see for a smaller guy. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, I'm guessing you're talking about like him finding the yeah end zone. Yeah. I swear, dude, I think these running backs actually work with the offensive linemen in like individual meetings about finding the holes. Like I've never seen got three guys have such good vision to find that open spot on inside runs like these guys are like it is very impressive. I Like 
when I played, I remember it being like, well, there's a couple that will be able to find it. There's a couple that understand this, but sometimes guys are just like, don't understand what's happening with the block, right? Where am I attacking the defender as an offensive lineman? Where am I trying to put the defender as an offensive lineman on a play? Like, if you don't necessarily understand it as a running back, you don't know where that hole is going to open. I feel like these guys have to spend more time with the offensive line to understand it because they find it every time. They're finding the cutback lanes. It's not always front side in when they're running power, when they're running counter, when they're running inside zone. It's not always front side. Sometimes it's back and it's wide open and they find it. Every I, I, I've seen Jalen. Jabari and Dylan all do it. So it's just it's just very impressive. And to speak of Dylan, Dylan needs more touches. And not because Jalen Wright is bad or Jabari is bad. It's because he's earned it. Dylan Sampson has earned more touches. When he gets the ball, he makes things happen. So I'm going to give you the ball more. Because, you, because what you have done on the field has shown me you deserve the ball more. He he got he made me a little nervous when I went back and watched. He had one that wasn't a full blown uh, pass protection miss. He still got a hand on it, and I don't I didn't get to see it from the back angle to see if Joe could have stepped up in the pocket, but he, he bailed pretty quick. But I I agree. I I love Dylan. I think I think all of all nation loves Dylan. Uh, continuing with offense, it was I'll, I'll say this, Kyler, the Jacob truck stick. Oh baby, <laughs> it was kind of better in person. Then TV didn't really do it justice, and it was it was across the field for me, but it was right down my line, and he did it. And I stood up. I said, "Let's go, Jacob. Get your." No, he, he looked down at him too, like yeah, bitch. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I absolutely loved it. I thought another nice read option from Joe got seven or eight yards, got a first down. I was yeah. so happy with it. Fantastic. Guess what? That's available every freaking play, Joe. Can we please try and do that more often? Like. Versus Austin P when they started doing like the engage eight, sending yeah. eight guys yeah. on second on second down. Pull it, Joe. Like yeah. yeah. Pull it out, stiff armor dude, and get a couple yards. Then they might slow down on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh I thought it was a nice ball. I thought it was a nice ball to Keaton. I just thought it was really good coverage by the guy from UTSA. I agree. So hats off to him. Um Let's see here. So I have – it was a great, another one where I felt like yes, Jabari gave us a spark plug with another long run, which, which was nice and a super, super nice cut because that wasn't a – that wasn't your routine guy, the running back sees him in front of him. He has to kind of see him out of his peripheral and then hits that sidestep, which is so awesome. Another, what did you think before we keep going, but what did you think about the quarterback draw? I, I actually <laughs> – I actually told him, I, I took, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was third down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I told Megan, I said, which she doesn't, she doesn't know, but I just, I, I just said it out loud to say it out loud, but I said, it's, he's about to run it here because I thought he was going to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. And then there was no back in the backfield. So I said, all right, well, we'll see. And then he did it. I, you, did you know, I, I, I used to love when he does the read options. He, I mean, I, I thought, I thought the quarterback draw. I mean, quarterback I said read option. I love the quarterback draws. But I thought it was a good play because in my head, I'm like, I have five offensive linemen and five defenders. Yep. Where where's my where's my numbers at? I have better numbers doing this than I do throwing out in the side. I agree. So I, I, I like it a lot. It was just didn't get through, 
right? I mean, Joe is a downhill runner. There's not a lot of shiftiness and cutting and all that kind of stuff. I need I need a good five, six-yard head start like Derrick Henry to get him yeah. going. That's true. That's true. Another one, Kyler. Another one where Josh Heupel, I haven't seen this until later in the game, and UTSA did it, so that's pretty funny. But where you have the, the, the two receivers, the inside guy kind of runs like he's going to do that wheel route. You don't know if he's going to do a wheel route slash slot shot or do the fake wheel turn back around. But he starts going out like he's going to block or wheel route or whatever. And Caleb Webb takes one step forward, another step back, shows his hands. And Joe gets yeah, and it was sick. And I was like, that's nice because I thought Joe was late on the throw. And I went back and watched it and I said, ah, I said that took some time. And shout out to the offensive line because that that takes a little time to develop. And mm -hmm. and even even with a fast wide receiver and even on a short field, meaning we're kind of in the red zone, you know, 20, 30 yards, but that, that takes a little time. So it was beautiful. I and I and I was happy to see. And that. I love the fact that it's not as simple as what you just described. It's it, it, the beginning of what you just said of is it the wheel route is the wheel route what you're supposed to be trying to hit right is it going to be a wider receiver screen on the side is it supposed to be the slot shot it like there's just so many options off of it is there a play action that goes with it you know it's just that is what makes Heifel's offense so dangerous is just every option that you can have out there and the other thing that I thought about, too, that I liked it is not only have we been building off that thing for three weeks now with all the bubble screens and smoke screens and quick screens we've thrown, but it's also good for Joe because Joe basically gets to stare down his receiver and kind of watch all the way. You know, you're not asking Joe to look over here and then come back over. He literally just gets to stand there, maybe do a little shoulder pump, and then hit it. So so yeah. it, was, it was cool to see. Uh, continuing on offense, I love the basic – it was a third and nine, and this was back to the basics. It's just a freaking out route to Squirrel. Vermel yeah. Keaton's the outside receiver. Vermel Keaton just runs a go to keep his guy off. The safety's, you know, 20 yards off the ball. Squirrel runs up, runs out, pitch and catch, third and nine, easy. So I was happy to see that it, it was – we. I, I was happy to see that we did it, that we executed it, and that we're taking advantage of things – that the defense is giving us because of how scared they are for the deep shots. Um, then it was a great double move by Ramel. Yeah. Very nice pocket and nice step up in the pocket by Joe and a, and a really nice ball. I mean, so like as we're sitting there at that moment, we have a nice ball that he threw to Ramel earlier that got batted away. Uh -huh. We have a nice ball right there that he throws a touchdown with. We have a good ball that he threw to Webb on kind of a, you know, fake and then hit. And it's kind of like, okay, this is great. Like right. keep it like this, keep it simple, get his confidence up with those outside throws, which is what I was loving in the beginning. It's like, all right, now he has eight completions in a row. Fantastic. Like he feels better. He has an 80 yard touchdown run and eight completions. He's more confident that he can hit those throws, but you know, I'm not gonna, you know, what's wild though, Kyler. I'm to the point now that I do think his confidence uh, in anybody that once you get your confidence and mojo going, it helps, but I don't think it's going to help him as much as we maybe hope it would or think it would. Cause 
he is who he is, and he could hit seven in a row, and he's still going to maybe miss the the eighth. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know, but who knows? Um, continue on. Bad missed a squirrel uh, in the not the not the one where he was running right down the middle of the field in the third quarter. It was a bad miss when they just did that kind of deep slant, skinny pose, crosser route in the in the uh, end zone. Um, yeah, I the, the, when Castles missed that throw from Joe across the middle. No, 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 no. This is this is later on. This is later on. In, but like that was one where I'm just like, help your buddy out. Let me see. Uh, no, this yeah, this is this is the one where oh, this is I'm sorry to catch you up. This is where Dylan Sampson broke the long run, and we and we get down to the red zone. Well, mm. then then we run one of our patent just deep, like I said, deep. Slant. And he overthrows him. Yeah, and he overthrows Squirrel. And so it's like, yeah. okay, that's a bummer. Well, then the next play, you miss a touchdown. So the next play, Carrick gets swimmed so hard. It was brutal. And then yeah. um, Chaz, yeah. Chaz, Chaz Nimrod may have been open again on the slot slash crosser because it looked like they went to it again. And then you have to settle for a field goal, and it's it, – it, it's and I have in my notes here. It's not like they played good D. We we caused ourselves four points, meaning we ended up getting the three, but we should have four. And those are the ones that in a South Carolina, A and M, even Missouri, Kentucky, the, you gotta you gotta have those. You gotta have yeah, those. It's teams. it's it's super unfortunate because it's like three plays in a row down there. It was one guy messing up. So first play <laughs> is Joe with overthrow. One dude. Everyone pass protection. Squirrel runs a great routes. One guy. Next play. Ollie steps the wrong direction on a power and the nose tackle is unblocked and gets into the backfield. That's one guy. Next play, we're in pass pro and Carrick lunges at his dude and completely whiffs. And then Joe gets sacked and like, you know, rolls up on his leg. It's one guy. That's what's like so difficult about offense sometimes. It it doesn't matter if 10 guys do the right thing. If one guy messes up, you're screwed. But on defense, you have people behind you. You have people to protect. If you do mess up, like it's not always just all on one dude. Um, and it's it's tough to be like, hey, Ollie is a bad player. We should sub in a person because of one play. Same thing with Carrick. Same thing with Joe. But you did just lose four points. This is a this is a question for me personally. I'm not asking you this to. Uh, have you answer for the people listening, but I was just thinking about it and I didn't watch film back then, but you did when you were there. I do, do you, I'm not gonna say I don't remember cause that's not fair. I don't remember, but I didn't watch a ton of, to know. I don't remember you ever getting just straight up beat like that. But I, then again, I don't really remember some of the guys you playing with your junior and senior year, just getting straight swim whipped like that. Did it, did it happen often with your group? Is it just this group or? I I wouldn't say it happened often. It definitely happened. There were definitely instances. Of, this, this, do you feel like it happens more so far this year than when you maybe were there? Hmm. And I'm not asking the question to compare this group to your group. I'm asking it just because you were going to remember more yeah. more times than I than I would. Is this is this a uh, uncharacteristically yes yes lot amount of these um i would say if you want to consider yourself a good offensive line it's too many 
it okay. is it is too many times that there's a whiff. It's it's too many times John Campbell got beat inside versus Florida. Well, too many times, you know, Ollie might get swimmed. Like it it's it's like maybe won a game that you you kind of like ah crap messed up on that one. Like uh, all right, but it can't just keep happening and it can't happen like game over game. Like I would say, you know, I didn't whiff on guys, but like probably my downfall was jumping off sides. Um, you know, that was, that was my mistake more than like missing completely whiffing on dudes. Uh, but like, I definitely whiffed on dudes in my junior year. Like well, let me, let Dante me. Fowler got my ass a couple times. <laughs> Well, let me say this. I think you answer it by saying if you want to consider yourself a good offensive line, I think this offensive line is pretty average, maybe slightly above average. But they're not – I wouldn't say they're good right now. Yeah. At least. I, yeah. I mean, okay. like you said at the beginning of the season, like replacing Jerome and – and uh, Darnell. Darnell is a, is, is a big task. So, pretty quick, the rest that I have on offense, and then you can jump in where you want. The only other one that I really wanted to talk about offensively is – the one that looked like it was going to be a pick six. Yeah. I I don't – at first glance, it looks bad. I, I am going to give Joe a little credit, in my opinion, because it wasn't the – it wasn't the individual, the nickel corner or the safety that was down the box that jumped it, and it was like he threw it right to him. When they brought the guy in motion, the guy that was falling because he was in man coverage coming across mm-hmm. was, was there. And so Joe, when Joe takes it and looks here – he might have – it's like looking in your blind spot in the in the car. It's like he looks and he doesn't see this guy trailing. No, I'm not I'm not um, making an excuse for him. I mean, if you throw that and, and it gets picked in a big game, we're in trouble. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I don't want people to think that it was a, as erroneous of like, what the fuck are you looking at? You know, some, some horrendous Jared Garantano pick against BYU where he's just like, and throwing it right to the dude, and it's like, how do you yeah. not him? But anyways, other than my, that. My only thing about that play is that guy, the whole reason for the motion is to see, once we motion out there, how many numbers do they have versus our numbers? Would they have three versus our four? That looks great. Do they have four versus our four? Probably need to run the ball. It was a play action pass. So the one guy that you're supposed to be looking at looking at as a quarterback to make that determination is the one guy who follows Squirrel out there. Now I'll say that guy was hesitant to follow Squirrel out there. He kind of waited, like, um, okay. And then went. So I can see how that'd be difficult. But like in my understanding of an offense, in my understanding of how that would work and what you're reading off of, like Josh Dobbs would have been told, you're looking at this linebacker to see what he is doing. If he runs out there, hand it off. If he stays, throw it. And it's like, that's the specific guy he's reading on that play. So I don't want to give him too much of a pass. I understand it's a difficult play. And maybe I am holding him to too high of a standard if I'm expecting him to read that exactly how he should. No, I think that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. No, I think that's a good point. I think it's a good point. Because that that guy, the reason why you motion is the – like he is what you're reading. You're not reading the deep safety. You're not reading the corner on the other side. You're not reading the D lineman. 
you're reading the linebacker. Does he shift over and make the numbers bad on the outside, or does he stay and make the numbers bad on the inside? Well, yes, but then there's other times you shift to see if they – if someone's following – it's usually meaning man. And if they're, if they're shift over it's zone, but there are times where it, I guess it could have been zone and maybe he could follow because they were just outnumbered wise, but I, I it would be pretty doubtful that they would do it in zone. But anyways, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't really have anything else defensively. I mean, we, I mean, offensively we've talked about it. The game was kind of in hand. You would like to have seen us put on a couple more, you know, connect on, the Chaz Nimrod deep ball uh, connect on the squirrel deep ball. Um, yeah. Like you said, I guess it was nice that he had all of his pars early to put this, put this match play to rest. Uh, but when he, when, when we're going up against better competition, specifically SEC play and coming up in four or five, six days against South Carolina, I mean, you, I mean, maybe one miss Kyler, I think is all we're going to be allowed. And I'm yeah. saying a I'm saying a miss, like a big miss, like a third down miss or someone who's wide open, guaranteed touchdown. I mean, Hypel is once again getting individuals free running to the end zone. Um, yeah, I, I think I will say that I think the Nimrod one, I I don't know if that's an over – like I kind of feel like sure Chase well, had a chance at that, you know? I, and I, I agree with you because I watched it a couple times. Like maybe he could have got there. Let's just say this. We didn't complete it. Whoever's yeah. fault. And two things before we go to defense. One, the Dylan Sampson shovel pass. Loved it. The little, just like little underneath shovel to Dylan, let him go. It's like kind of a draw almost. Um, I thought that was a really cool wrinkle. And I think it's a great play for Dylan and his skill set. And then two, Joe, don't hold your fours up versus UTSA while it's 31 to 14. Like, what are we doing here, man? What, seriously, like put put your fours down. You're not behind. You're not fighting back. This is UTSA. Like that just kind of, I was just like, all right, man. I like, all A little right. cringy? Yeah, very, very cringy. Like I, I don't want to see that cringe from my leader. He does, you know, and someone else might argue that they were happy to do it saying, hey, we need to finish strong. Let's not get lackadaisical. So to play the other side of it, but – I do. There's a lot of cringe-worthy stuff that he does. I mean, I was watching him run out of the. I, I just was watching the guys run out of the tee, and I he was first, and he's doing his airplane thing out there, and then he's doing his this and this, and it's just it's just it's just it's a little much for me. Uh, I I do think it's a little cringe-worthy, and I don't. Th- I think that's him authentically. I don't think he's trying to do those things to, no. for whatever reason. And I just but cringe is definitely the way, best way to put it. Uh, defense. Uh, and I did, I did not take a lot of plays here uh, because I knew that we were going to try to keep it a little bit. I just I wanted to get out of just commenting on every play here, there, and that. I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that they were some good specific ones. I thought Gabe had really nice coverage on the second down, even though it was completion. He was there. He made the tackle, and then and it's a wide side. He's pressed up. He's on an island. The guy tried to set him up outside. He still stayed inside, and it was fantastic coverage. He he actually yeah. had another one a little bit later. Um, really nice block, take on, and, and tackle by Tamarian. And then the very next play, he does it really, really nice again, and he has Elijah, Dominic Bailey there with him. So, mm-hmm. once again, UTSA, I've bet a lot on UTSA over the past couple of years. I haven't really watched them this year. 
but I was not surprised to see this, the, 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 the motion, the, the, the quick stuff they were going to do, whether they did that normally, I knew we were going to see it one way or the other because of what Florida did to us. Exactly. South Carolina is going to do the exact same thing. Just a team is going to be really dumb, Kyler, if they just try to pound it right at us. And, and, and this defense better get used to more cut blocks from offensive linemen, more screens, and more draws. Yeah. Because that's what they're going to do, try and slow down that defensive line. And yes. that, I mean, that's exactly why UTSA had a little bit of success that they did. They're running screens at the right time. They're, they, they had tunnel, running back, wide receiver. Like they were trying to get the over pursue and get up back behind everybody. So right. you better be you better be aware because people are going to keep doing that to you. They see the strength of your defense is your defensive line and the rush that you can put on there. So yeah, I agree. No, I, I I agree. It 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 we will see it every game the remainder of the year. Hell, even even UConn's going to try to do it. So oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Defensively, defensively, they tried the fake screen and go, which I've already mentioned, uh, but it was nice pressure by our D line. So he couldn't really step up. It was an awesome slip. And that's what I used to call it. When you would see the, you're, you're playing DB and you're, you're, it's almost like a little bait job. It's where you see him. And for this one specifically, Tamarian kind of let him run by him. He's got eyes on the quarterback. You might get a little grab around that hip to pull yourself around mm. and then make the diving pick to where you become the receiver. That was played very, very nicely, very veteran move. Does that yeah. happen? It's a better team and a better receiver or faster receiver or better quarterback. I don't know. Like I said, there was some good pressure, so he couldn't really step up and maybe – try to loft it, but it was a very, very headsy and veteran play, hip pocket, and then it wasn't just a PBU. It was a nice pick. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was definitely something that I would do. Like, I'm on backside of, of an outside zone, and I can't get across that guy's face. Just like a little just like a little hip hook and let, yeah. let him momentum take him. And, um, yeah, I thought it was very heads-up play. It was, it was very much Ricky Bobby uh, slingshot. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. Yeah, a little slingshot. So then I thought it was fantastic, and I love to see it by Tyler Barron staying at home. You want one of your best players being a veteran when they're trying to quarterback pass. He doesn't – you want you want effort, and you and we have great effort, I feel like, running down the line of scrimmage with our yep. linemen. But he sat there. He read it. He took that play away. I loved it. Um, and then I've already mentioned I would have been fine if the refs had not called a pick play, but you already made a good point. They did throw the flag, and he did slightly extend his hands. I personally would love as a DB, and we were allowed to do it, switch off. So many people run these pick plays and say if I'm the nickel corner, I mean I'm the safety up or I'm the nickel corner, and I got my guy outside and say, hey, we're, we're swapping or whatever you call We Every team has a terminology for it. But, mm -hmm. hey, if he comes outside, you take. And if and if um, my outside guy comes in, I'll take, you know, and you have time to do that, especially on those pick plays. And if you're sitting there with a good alignment, then your alignment itself can really take it, take that play out. Where yeah. the only thing you ever have to worry about is say, hey, if we switch, if uh, inside guy stems out and then comes back in under a slant, and they do a double slant, then you might be out of position. But most of the time, if you know something's going to cross, let them play right. It's it's like having a net and letting the fish swim right into the net. Instead of throwing something out there, just sit and wait on it. Um, mm -hmm. So 
you know, I would like to maybe see that at some point. And that was it. That was it for me defensively uh, because everything else was pretty much everything else was pretty much status quo until we got a little lax of days ago. We gave up some stuff. That happens. It's kind of like almost the Florida game last year where we were up uh, and Tim Banks wanted to keep everything in front of us. Obviously, we were playing a lot of zone then against AR to not let him run. But you do get a little – we're going to win this game. If they want to yeah. get that's fine. We just yeah. – so – uh, going through mine, just like shout outs. Um, uh, there was like a running backs, uh, or there was like an inside screen to the tight end. I thought Elijah Herring did a really good job. He was supposed to be man on the running back and kind of that, like, just like this doesn't make sense. I'm going to stay back. And he like, made the tackle on a screen. Um, I thought Brandon Turner did a good job of finding the ball on one of those ones that were down the sideline. Um, Let's see. I mean, I'll shout out Arian Carter and like his his catch up to the one shot that was towards the end zone. But he ended up, yes, yeah, he ended up being there. I, I thought that was a good job by him to catch up to that guy. Um, let's see. Uh, Marion's. I, I, I thought Bryson Easton played a really nice game. For an inside, he had a nice bounce back week. I thought I so did, too. I, I did think that there were still some missed tackles I wasn't super pumped about. And um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think Eason is the second D lineman that we talked about. Like we already knew Amari, but we didn't know who the second guy is. Like he's the one who's kind of stepped up. Yeah, especially, um, well, Omar Norman Lott has absolutely stepped up, but he was out. Oh, yeah. He's out, he was out the first half of this game. So yeah, he freaking. <laughs> He leaves his feet a lot. He does yeah. not care. It's he's freaking hilarious. Damn freaking bull in a china shop. Um, Aaron Beasley meeting the running back in the hole. You could even hear it on the, yeah. on the broadcast. That was that was great. Just a good pop. Um, just stop all of momentum. Yeah, Tyler Barron on the double pass. Um, let's see. God, the, the – Brandon Turnage just missing on the little slant. The guy turns around like he misses the tackle on him, and then the guy just outruns Turrentine to the end zone, uh, which is not fun to see. Just getting yeah. smoked. Yeah, like, you're slow. Like that's what that just told bad, you. Bad, bad, bad tackle, and you looked, Mister Four Star from Ohio State. I was like, yikes, that was not looking great. No, it was not. Um, Let's see. I love Tyree West had a tackle where he literally just lifted the running back off the ground. He's like, yeah. I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of you, like everyone driving the pile. He just went yeah. and lifted him up. I thought that was great. Um, I thought when uh, T Lander got in the game that he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he played with his hair on fire. Like he was going out there hitting people. He was meeting guards because I was watching him because I'm still very hesitant about that linebacker position. So, I, like, I was like, all right, let me see what he does versus Arian. They're both freshmen. And I, I thought he played with more gumption, more effort, more getting after it than Arian. Arian still feels like he's thinking too much. Um, and then special teams-wise, uh, you know, we had the um, – just, just shouting out Dylan Sampson and Webb for making the tackle on their on their fake punt. He's, Both of them offensive players 
making big time tackles. Caleb Webb literally shed a block and wrapped dude up, and then Dylan hit him before he could reach across the first down. That guy was um, massive. massive, massive, massive play uh, to give us the ball back. And then Cam Selden, freshman mistake, freshman. trying to jump on that that blocked punt. It didn't hurt us in the long run, but like those are kind of things as like a coach. Everyone in the stadium knew you're not supposed to touch that. Everyone at home watching knew you're not supposed to touch that. But he's an 18-year-old freshman, and he's like, uh, do I jump on the ball? Like, it's just sometimes you just don't think in those scenarios when you're a young guy and you don't have that experience. So, like, actually, great coaching point. I, I actually don't think it's that he's not thinking. I thought he was thinking too much because he's like, oh, gosh, do we have to get on it? Do we have – because you could see him. He kind of, like, goes and it's like, hey, yeah. Like, hey, kid, I love the effort, but you just scored on the other team's basket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love your rebound, your putback, but it's the wrong basket. Uh, all right. I'll be I'll be quick on what's ahead for me, Kyler. This changes. It stinks. But, you know, one month later from when I thought we were going to go 10 and 2, I um, – man, Heupel's still dialing it up. And I just going into this season, I knew we lost players – I was more worried about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was more worried about the offensive line than maybe losing the receivers. Uh, excuse me. I was most worried about losing Hendon, but mm-hmm. I did have faith after I saw Joe in, or- in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Have faith in Hypel being able just to basically hand him things on a silver platter, but we've seen that he can still screw it up if it's on a silver platter. But going into this year, I just thought I thought the offensive line would be better. I was worried about them, and I didn't think they'd be as good as last year, but I thought they'd be a little bit better than they are now. Moving forward, Kyler, I don't – shoot, man. I'm, I'm seeing like seven wins, eight eight wins, I guess. I, I, I have lost my confidence, and I need them to give that back to me. Yeah. And I don't know what you think about looking ahead. The, the, the thing about what's ahead is, is, you know, estimated the 10 and 2 – before the season, the games in which I thought those are going to be really difficult and I have no idea if we're going to win, I feel better about. But the games I thought we're definitely going to win, I feel worse about. But that's because of the other team. Yeah, because of the other teams. Like, I feel better about the Georgia game because of what I've seen from Georgia, because of what they did this past week and then the week before that versus South Carolina. I feel worse about the South Carolina game because they just put out 37 versus Mississippi State, because they were in a game with Georgia in the end. I feel better about the Alabama game because 17 points versus UCF, and, you know, they block a punt and can only get a field goal out of it when they start on the four-yard line. Like, that makes me feel better about playing Bama. But, like, I feel worse about playing Kentucky because they just beat the shit out of Andy. I mean, that's not saying a lot, but, like, they're doing pretty well, undefeated. Missouri, undefeated. Like, it's like those games where you kind of think, you know, Tennessee will be Tennessee and hold them to whatever we need to. It's like those teams are actually doing pretty well this year. So, it, yeah, it, the, the, the view on the SEC has changed in my eyes of there's one top dog or two top dogs and everybody else is kind of, middle of the pack or worse, it's like everyone's fighting for the top position right now. Like I could see Georgia slipping up to any of the other SEC East teams now 
Like that's what it seems like to me. The fact that you're having a close game with South Carolina means that you could have a close game with Missouri like you did last year and say one dude makes a mistake and Missouri wins. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I think. Three years ago or four years ago when Kirby Smart still had a very good team ranked in the top five, they lost to South Carolina at, at home. South Carolina had three picks. Two of them were pick sixes, and they lost to them on a field goal. I remember it. And it was like that was maybe one of the only losses of Georgia's season, but it's like that can happen. That 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 it doesn't look like the same team. It's not the Stetson Bennett led offense anymore. So that's where it's like there it feels like there's more parity in the SEC right now than there has been in in previous years. I I don't yeah, I don't know if I would agree with that there's more parity. I would agree with they're just not as good of teams. Cause I mean last year there well, I the last two years there wasn't a ton of parity because Georgia was just really good and Bama was still pretty darn good. But I just don't think I don't I, I it's still too early to tell for me about Georgia. I don't know. They haven't been super impressive in the little bit that I've watched them, but I just don't think the SEC is as good as we have been, and that's fine. I mean, if, if you if you if you got a run of twenty years, it's gotta end at some point. That's true. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm just worried about, you know, worrying about Tennessee. I, this is a big week. This is this is a huge, huge week for Tennessee. It, it yeah. true, if they lose this game, it the season gets a little dicey. So. It's it, it's it's big on a lot of different ways. It's it's getting your first SEC win. It's getting the East side win. Um, it's redemption from last year. It's the game before the bye. Yeah. How are you going into your break? It is brutal if you lose going into a bye. Brutal because no one knows what everything is going to look like. We every, we as fans have to wait an extra week to see the team again because we're just like, what's going to happen? And if you lose going into a bye, nobody's spot is safe. Nobody. That is perfect time to, hey, go ahead and get some one reps. Go ahead and get in with the ones. Let's see what you can do out there. Um, it is a vibe and mojo killer. So killer. The, the crowd is going to be rocking. You better handle business. And seeing Shane Beamer's dumb face if we were to lose would piss me off. Oh, God. He's the worst. All right, buddy. See ya. Okay. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Uh, If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. If you are just listening, rate and review, download, re-download, follow us on all those listening platforms. Um, It really helps. Uh, Also follow us on social media, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, You can follow Reed at RBacon26 on Twitter. And then you can follow myself, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Kyler Curbison. So just check me out there. Um, Really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. And uh, let's turn this thing around. As always, go Vols.